Welcome to Shroomland, the podcast where we explore strange and obscure media in an effort to understand how it feels to be on drugs without actually taking any. I'm Brittany. And I'm Taylor. Let's get into it. Disclaimer, this is explicit content and contains all of the possible spoilers. Proceed with caution. So, today we'll be chatting about The Perfection, directed by Richard Shepard. The description on IMDb reads... When troubled musical prodigy Charlotte seeks out Elizabeth, the new star pupil of her former school, the encounter sends both musicians down a sinister path with shocking consequences. The movie was rated 6.1 out of 10 stars on IMDb, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, and won three awards. So why did you choose this movie? Okay. Totally honest, I just really like horror movies. Taylor knows this about me. So I frequently will find horror movies on Netflix, even if they look kind of like garbage, uh, because I love them. All of them, even the really trash ones. We're going to talk about some other like real trash ones later on. Those are the best ones. They're so much fun. But um, I also recognized one of the main actresses. She is from Get Out. She's the white one in the show. Um, I also later found out that the other main actress is one of the main characters in the show, Dear White People. So both of them are like very talented actresses that I was familiar with. And they're like just really aesthetically pleasing, which was not part of the draw, but like a thing that you definitely notice as you watch the movie. It's good to note. How would you describe the movie in five words? Okay, so cellos, lesbians, jawline, bugs, amputation. And with those five words, Taylor, do you have any thoughts about what might occur? Given that we have like zero description from IMDb? Well, clearly the former school is going to have something to do with the cellos. I'm guessing these two main characters are going to fall in love. The... You lost me with the jawline and the bugs and the amputation? (laughs) What? Okay, well, I I don't know why the jawline thing threw you off. It was really just because that one white girl has such a goddamn beautiful jawline that I couldn't get over it. Okay. I feel like that's not normally a trait that's noticed on girls. It's not, but I feel like her bone structure was just like, it maybe wasn't even necessarily her jawline, but her like cheekbones. Maybe cheekbones should have been the other word, but like... both of them look like goddamn art pieces it is ridiculous it's very upsetting because they're also in this movie very talented you can't be pretty and talented no that's not how it works for example i have stuck to just being talented (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so like fuck you you can't be both pickle pickle lane (laughs) share with the rest of us and disperse some of the like awesomeness But truly, I just say it because I'm so jealous. Also, they're both phenomenal actresses, so it's not even that just their characters are talented. Like, they're both stupidly good at things, which is annoying. Life isn't fair. It really isn't. Uh, Okay, so we start off this story with Charlotte. She is the white girl with the uh, cheekbones or jawline. And so Charlotte is taking care of her sick and or dying mom. And you get kind of flashes where she had obviously been in some sort of like psychiatric care. I think she received electroshock therapy. But these are just like flashes that you get at the beginning of the movie while you see her caring for her dying mom. And then you see her shoot out a text. And apparently she gets a hold of one of her instructors from this 
prestigious art academy or specifically music academy where all of the people play the cello, which seems a little strange because I imagine that like most musical places or like if you are to pick a singular instrument that everyone at the academy should play, I would assume that it'd be something like the piano or the guitar or like the violin if you must pick an instrument in that family, but it's specifically the cello. Like I do not claim any great knowledge of music. I am not particularly musically inclined, but like the cello, as beautiful of an instrument as it is, I don't think tends to be like the shining star. Like I feel like you don't get as many cello solos. When you, you have an orchestral piece? No, it really tends to focus on the violin and the cello tends to play a little more like of the, not background music necessarily, but it doesn't tend to be like your focal point. So it was really interesting for that. Also, not the point of the movie, but like I, I just thought something that we needed to point out. Um, So she ends up going to, I believe China. I maybe just made that up, but I, I believe that she shows up in it's definitely an Asian country, so, like, I'm sorry if I just sounded super <laughs> insensitive and, like, a jackass. I'm sorry for offending an entire continent of people. I am, like, 90% sure it's China. Uh, So, she goes to this place, and she runs into her instructor. She sees them. She's wearing, like, a pretty dress. They're apparently at this event where... The, um, the academy searches for new talent with like that they're going to give full ride scholarships to attend this academy to. And so there's a competition between, I want to say, three different girls that are really talented cellists that are going to be playing in competition in order to see who will attain this prize. And so Charlotte gets to be one of the judges as someone that had been a former prodigy of the school, someone that was like one of the best students before she had to leave to take care of her sick mom. That would be a bitter pill to swallow. It was really rough. And so Charlotte gets to meet... Um, what is the girl's name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who also goes by Lizzie often in the movie. Um, Elizabeth, the other very beautiful girl, the actress that plays in Dear White People. She is the new prodigy. She is the new amazing talent and she's going to be one of the other judges. And there's obviously some like real vibes going on between Charlotte and Elizabeth pretty early on. But at the beginning, it kind of plays as if they're both just really big fans of each other. Apparently Charlotte was a little bit older. So Elizabeth had seen Charlotte when she had first started at the Academy and was just like, thought that Charlotte was incredible, knew that she was going to be what an amazing star. And Charlotte was now a very large fan of Elizabeth's because Elizabeth was like touring the world. You know, kudos to them for going in that direction as opposed to going for, you know, jealousy on Charlotte's side because she had to leave and take care of her sick mom and then pick her replacement. Yes. Yeah, it was really like one of those cool moments where you actually get to see like, oh, you know what's really cool? Strong women like up in other strong women. It's a really nice like moment but it's really it's cool to see and then there's a moment where charlotte's like oh i'm sorry i'm nervous i'm just such a big fan and then elizabeth is like don't be nervous around me i like idolized you when i was young this is da 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 so that's so cute it's a really cute moment and i was just like oh i'm really rooting for this so they have their whole like watch the competition and then some heavy flirting goes on between charlotte and elizabeth elizabeth is very like bold with her 
going for it. Charlotte seems a little bit more meek and kind of like giggly, but then they start to make out. And so they do these flash scenes where you're watching them like making out and then like going to a hotel room and getting, getting down, (laughs) fucking. And then they're flashing back to the actual event where they're judging and then where the two of them perform a piece together, which is apparently like really how you fucking foreplay if you're Charlotte and Elizabeth. I mean, I guess it just depends on the piece. Also, it was it was a very well done piece. I think it would have been way too stressful for me to like get excited by because the thought of like performing in front of a bunch of people that have like really high standards with someone that I also think is really incredible would just be a lot. But apparently they didn't feel that way. So they end up like fucking later that night, obviously, because the flashing. But you also have a point when the two of them are leaving and about to like go enjoy each other's company. (laughs) I don't know why I'm so subtle about it this time. I've been so gross before. (laughs) But um, there is a guy, uh, one of the parents of one of the contestants that like vomits all over the place. And then there's some sort of comment about like, oh, I hope he's not getting what's coming down from the north. And so they hear that there has been some like disease being spread from the north. And so this kind of like puts you into the idea that like, oh, no, there's some like really horrific disease that's getting spread. This is where that's going to go. Also, that is so vague. And like, like, I would be alarmed if some man just started vomiting at a cello performance Mm -hmm. but i don't like i don't know that my assumption would be oh no he's coming down with this obscure disease yeah like heretofore undescribed disease that just happens to be going around in the north as opposed to he showed up drunk to a cello concert yeah you know who knows what your immediate response is. But, like, that is a big bit that is meant to be, like, make note of this audience. And so Elizabeth and Charlotte, like, get it on. They're having a really good moment. And they do the thing that, like, lesbians love to do where they just all of a sudden want to saddle up. And they're like, um, Elizabeth, it's a stereotype. It might not be true, <laughs> but, like, it's a little bit true sometimes. Um, and so then... Elizabeth is like, hey, I'm actually taking some time off to go travel around Asia. Um, And she was just going to go just travel, try and like experience it as if she were someone that actually like lived in the place, avoid the touristy things and like really go for it. Um, And she invites Charlotte to join her after having, you know, met Charlotte the day before. And Charlotte's like, really? And then Lizzie's like, yeah, yeah, we should do it. And then Charlotte's like, okay. And then what kind of college white girl bullshit? (laughs) Also, one of them's not fully white. Yeah, like this... Doesn't this just sound like something that you would do, like, if you're in a sorority, maybe? Like, you're in college and you don't have enough experience to be scared of the world yet. And you're just like, hey, I'm going to go travel around Asia to find myself. I know we just met, but do you want to tag along? Oh my god, Despite the fact that I'm sure this trip took months of planning. Oh, for sure. It was crazy. And this girl, like, learned Mandarin. Uh, Lizzie learned... Or, I don't know if she already knew Mandarin. This is... I knew where it was. Um, But... (laughs) This is why it's in China. (laughs) I 
I forget details, but I like remember bits, and then I don't remember why those bits stuck in my head. So like, knew it was China, couldn't remember the Mandarin thing until right now. But I believe that is only really useful in that particular country. I could be wrong. Also, like I might be wrong, but I don't think that's the only language that they speak no. in China. I think they also have at least like Cantonese. Yeah, I want to say there's at least like three different dialects spoken pretty frequent, like commonly in China. I do not know what those are and i have no concept of how to speak any of them but i i believe it because also the country's massive there's so many people there like it'd be kind of surprising if everyone spoke the same language yeah um oh yeah so she learns that language and it's also very useful in some of those countries to speak their language because not everyone you run into speaks english and that can get a little a little funky so um but basically, Charlotte and Elizabeth wake up the next day, both very hungover. So Lizzie's doing way worse than Charlotte. Charlotte like gives her some pain meds for her headache. And then they go, they try to eat some food, doesn't work. And then they're getting on this bus. And they're going on some like backwoods route on this bus to go on an adventure to see something. I don't recall specifically what it was, but Charlotte's like 100% on board. She's going to stay with her, even though Lizzie is obviously not doing well at all. And so they get on the bus. Lizzie's really, really doing shit. She's like trying to fall asleep. Charlotte's like trying to kind of maintain a nice attitude. She's like waving at one of the girls and like making cute faces with like one of the young children on the bus. But Lizzie is like visibly super ill. She needs to get off the bus at some point. And so then uh, Charlotte somehow convinces the bus driver to stop, even though he doesn't speak English. Someone else tries to help. And then... Lizzie gets off the bus. She, like, shits in the road. Oh, She's doing so bad. You feel so bad for her. Like, and she's really worried, obviously, because now they're in this place where, like, Charlotte says she doesn't have phone service. Lizzie is not doing well enough to actually, like, help with anything. So Charlotte's kind of trying to handle the situation, get her water, clean her up after she, like, shit. Um, And then Lizzie vomits on the window in the bus in the back because she doesn't have time to get out so she fully vomits and then you see bugs in her vomit it's Ugh. like maggots Ugh. No. and then charlotte yells like are those fucking bugs and then lizzie's losing her mind she leaves yeah. she like vomits again the bus driver kicks them off the bus and then some people like pass them water and their their bags and stuff and then the only guy on the bus that also spoke english said that that he would try to go um he would send help back for them but obviously like the bus driver had kicked them off and like couldn't do anything and so they're in the middle of nowhere lizzie has vomited up bugs they're just stuck on this backwoods road at least 14 miles from any sort of town and then lizzie vomits again there are bugs again and then she starts to see like bugs crawling all over her arm Oh, that is my nightmare. That is everything I hate combined into one package. It is like the most disturbing horror movie trope. Hands down, it is one of the creepiest things I have seen in any horror movie when bugs start to come out of a person. They did it in like Final Destination. I think they did it in The Grudge. Every time, it is hands down the creepiest. Like, I hate vomiting. More than almost anything else. And the only thing I can think of to make that worse is if there were bugs coming out of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So she has bugs all over her arms. And then it gets, like, 
almost druggish, because then Charlotte, from behind her back, whips out a butcher's knife and just holds a butcher's knife out and is like, you know what you have to do. And then Lizzie goes, (laughs) she grabs the butcher's knife from Charlotte. She goes up to a rock, doesn't do any tourniquets or anything, and she chops her arm off on the side of the road. We are maybe 20 minutes into the movie. What the fuck? (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) Do you need a minute or do you want me to keep going? I need a thousand minutes, so you might as well keep going. (laughs) Dope. Okay. So then we rewind because we need context, don't we? So you get... sure as shit hope so. So you get some context. Um, The morning when Lizzie is super hungover, Charlotte gives her some medication, right? Well, Charlotte gave her some medication that was not just pain medication. And there's a specific warning label that says, do not mix with alcohol. When Charlotte hands her a couple of those pills, she also hands her a little flask of vodka from the mini bar. And so dear Lizzie takes medication and a shot with some medication you do not mix with shots. And then they go and get food. Uh, Charlotte steals the butcher's knife from the, the food place that they were at. And then over the course of the day, Lizzie is still not doing very well. So she asks Charlotte for more pills. Charlotte continues to give her the same type of pill that has hallucinogenic effects in the event that you mix with alcohol and consume too many of them. This is why you don't travel a country that does not speak your language with some rando that you just met. Yes. Oh, yeah. So when they get onto the bus, you know, Lizzie's not doing well. Charlotte has a little moment where she like brushes uh, Lizzie's shoulder and Lizzie's like, what was that? And Charlotte's like, haha, bug, you know, it's fine. Sticking some shit in her brain. And then they're like on the back of the bus. Charlotte's having like good time. You look down at her phone and you see that Charlotte's looked up like self-amputation or like creating tourniquets, some sort of Googling that like implies that she has intended also because she stole the butcher's knife from the food place. Not that that did any good, apparently. Uh, The tourniquet bit? Yeah. Yeah. But so you keep seeing those little bits. And then when our dear Lizzie vomits, there was nothing in the vomit. Charlotte looked at the vomit and then pretended that she saw bugs. And then Lizzie, in her state of mind, thought she saw bugs. Charlotte is like behaving in such a way while she's with Lizzie that you think that she's caring for Lizzie. But she's also doing things to stick thoughts in her brain that like there are bugs coming out of her and that she's dying. And then she is the one that makes Lizzie think that there are bugs on her arm. And then she prompts Lizzie to cut off her arm. Wow. Like on the one hand, that is all completely horrifying. On the other hand, I think sort of have to respect the planning that went into that like that was very well executed yes it's like disturbingly well executed yeah like how long did she think about this yeah would like to note i want to say this was about a two-hour movie we're about 45 minutes in how do you go from there like how do you proceed what more can you really do after you have forced a girl to chop off her own arm. 
Do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, that is why we're here. This is true. So, also, just a note, I really liked this movie. I'm going to recommend it. But, like, <laughs> this is bonkers in a way that I am fully behind. This is batshit insane and it only gets worse. So, let's fucking keep talking about it, guys. Um, Lizzie goes to the cello people she goes back because she like these are her family now uh she moved in when she was super young she's looking to find comfort and so she shows up like in front of the gate missing an arm or at least like a forearm no hand so you know playing the cello is gonna be a real bit rough and uh shows up and then the man the main guy who i don't know some white dude he shows up and he's like, Lizzie, what are you doing back? Lizzie, what happened? And then he gets very obviously distraught about the fact that she's missing a hand. As one does. As you do. But in a way that's like a little, not like you're worried for Lizzie sort mm. of situation. It's a real vibe that you're like, hmm, I don't like the way you just did that. And so Lizzie explains what happened and how Charlotte had, like, tourniqueted her and left her on the side of the road. She left her there? She left her there. So that by the time Lizzie was, like, fully off of drugs, I think that she had waited long enough to, like, for people to show up. And she had, like, wrapped the arm or whatever. But she left the country so that they couldn't do anything about it. Because also, Lizzie had technically chopped off her own hand. Granted, she was under the influence of, like, some heavy narcotics. And definitely was prompted to do so by Charlotte. And really, Charlotte did it. But there was no legal ramifications that they could take. They couldn't, like, extradite her from a different country because technically Lizzie did it to herself. Wow. Like, she couldn't have even stuck around to get her home? Nope. So, yep. Lizzie explains all of that. And she's like, and then the guy is like, why would she do that? And Lizzie's like, because she's a jealous bitch. And... You're like, you know, fair. That's a fair thing to be upset about. And so... (laughs) Yeah, I would be upset. So she's staying with these people for a while. And then there's a bit where they need to have a talk. So the main guy and I guess his, like, lady friend. I don't know what she is in relation to him. I also don't know if you ever learn these people's names. But um, they want to have a sit down with Lizzie. They tell her that they're going to help get her set up in a different apartment. They'll like help pay for it and stuff. But she can't live there anymore. She doesn't play the cello. She can't do anything for them. So they'll get her coordinated. But like she can't be there. So fuck these people. Yeah. So she's obviously super distraught. She's like, what? You're my family. Like this is all I've ever known. I could teach. I could like write music. I could compose. Like I have the capacity to do so much like i know that i can't play anymore but jesus um and obviously they don't care about her that much they get kind of rude with her and she's like fine and then she leaves and then you cut to charlotte who is at her mom's house in wherever the fuck and she's just kind of like i don't know making tea or something and she hears a noise so she goes to kind of investigate it she's trying to figure out what happened and then she walks around a corner lizzie fucking knocks her out beats the sh- i don't know if she like fully knocks her out but she like whacks her and then she kicks her a couple times and she's like fuck you like how dare you do this to me and then i mean that's fair fair enough and then you cut to lizzie has charlotte in her trunk she shows up back at the cello place and the guy pulls up behind her and she's he's like what are you doing and then 
Lizzie's like, I have something you want. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I got the bitch. And then the guy's like, what? Charlotte, where is she? And then Lizzie's like, she's in my trunk. No one's concerned about this. Not as con- he looks like kind of concerned, but not as concerned as you would be if someone like fully kidnapped a person, locked him in their trunk and then like brought him to your facility. <laughs> like, here, I got the person you wanted. Here, she's here for you. Um, nope, he's not upset enough about that situation. And so Charlotte is wakes up and she's on a couch with the main guy and he's like, why did you do it? Why would you do that to her? That's so that's so horrible. Were you so jealous of her? that you had to get her to cut off her own hand like what the fuck and then she's like i did it to protect her he's like what were you protecting her from and then she says like from you and so then you're like what what is going on because you know that charlotte has a history of mental illness of some sort but you don't really know there was no indication of like what happened and now there's some accusation that like this guy is doing something wrong but you don't know exactly what it is and so then he I don't know. He gets very upset about the situation. Some stuff happens. There's like a little scuffle. And then he's like, he drags her down to this area because there's this room in their facility that's for the perfection. It's the picture on the cover, or at least some of the covers, where there's this big like globe thing. It's a circle in the back. It lights up. It looks like a sun almost. The whole room is kind of gold-ish. And apparently it's like acoustically perfect. So the only students that are allowed to play in there are students that have attained like the perfection name of the movie so that they've achieved such a high level of greatness that they can perfectly play really masterful pieces. And those are the only students that are allowed to go into this room. So they've dragged Charlotte down to this room after their conflict. And then Charlotte wakes up after having been knocked out in a dress chained to the stage in this room with a cello laying next to her. And then she looks out and she sees in the audience, Lizzie, the main guy. There's um, two other men that are also instructors at this place, as well as this woman who is like the partner of the main guy or something, whatever she is to him. And then the guy tells her that she needs to play a piece and Charlotte looks like visibly distraught she's like i can't i'm not ready i i haven't played in so long because obviously she's like been out of the place for a very long time also she's chained also she was not at all prepared for this performance also yeah she didn't have any time to practice so uh, i can't even remember exactly what happened but he kind of he's obviously threatening her and you're not entirely sure like what the threat is it feels like there's something that associated with sexual assault but you're not like fully clear on how that lines up and so then he brings in the young girl that they found in china that won that competition and he plops her down to like listen to charlotte play and he's like you won't be the one that reaps the consequences if you don't do this and so then charlotte like picks up the cello and begins to play lizzie has begun to pour everyone drinks uh charlotte plays the full piece but at some point apparently messes up there's like a little tinkering in the filming so you can tell the point at which she's supposedly messed up but like obviously if you're not a professional cellist there's absolutely no way for you to tell that she did anything wrong um and then the guy sends her upstairs the the young girl he sends the little asian girl upstairs and is like 
do you think that I would do this to her? We have rules. Like, we, she's not going to be punished for your actions. Those are very specific. You have to get a tattoo. It has to be, like, your own thing. So they, um, Lizzie and Charlotte both have this little, like, music note tattooed on the back of them, which apparently is symbolic of, like, being able to play in this room. And so you find that because Charlotte failed, they, like, I don't know, there's like another break in the movie, but then she's still strapped up, but her arms are also strapped. So she's basically like in a fully splayed position, still in her dress, kind of like leaned back in her chair. And the two men that are not the main guy come up and are obviously about to do something very gross and sexual assaulty. I don't know why I did it like that. They were going to sexually assault her. Um, and then Lizzie comes up. And she gets between Charlotte's legs and she's like, not you guys, me first. And then Lizzie with her stump hand. (laughs) I can only imagine where this is about to go. She she gets between Charlotte's legs and she's like, I don't think this will hurt quite as much as me cutting off my own hand, but I'll try my best. And then she goes and she like puts her stump in between Charlotte's legs, and then all of the sudden... (laughs) This this is horrifying. This should not be funny, but also... (laughs) It's really... If you watch it, I promise it's a lot more disturbing than I just made it sound. (laughs) How long has it been? Because, like, there's a lot of risk of infection. If she's sticking her unhealed stump hand in between Charlotte's legs. You know, I feel like they didn't specify well enough because it's still bandaged. But then I think she pulls the bandage off. That's not sanitary. Not sanitary, but it looks like it's scarred. So I think it's like at the point where like there's some sort of stitching or something. So she really shouldn't be shoving it anywhere. But like also because Charlotte's not consenting. That's not cool. But like. Also, yeah, no, 100% she's going to get some, like, shit in there that's not supposed to be in there. And then she's going to have to, like, get less of an arm than she already has, which seems, I mean, like, granted, like, your forearm stump versus, like, a a bicep stump doesn't really seem to matter all that much. But, like, maybe it does. Anyway, yeah, so she's threatening this. Charlotte's obviously deeply distraught. And then the two guys that are, like, on the side waiting for their turn both fucking drop they pass out oh my god is it true love after all (gasps) yeah so you flashback (laughs) (laughs) because they really like flashbacks in this movie also i dig it i don't know it felt like a little inceptiony but weirder um so you flashback to the part where charlotte goes to or nope i can't keep their names straight but whatever where lizzie goes to charlotte's house and then Lizzie does beat the shit out of Charlotte. She's obviously very upset about the situation. And that's still fair. Still fair. And then Charlotte just kind of lays there and Lizzie like falls to the ground crying and is like, you were right. They weren't there for me. And then you flash further back and you see Lizzie and Charlotte having a conversation on the side of the road after Lizzie has amputated her arm. And Charlotte said that like she did this for her lizzie was too deep in like she wouldn't have seen it on her own she needed to be she needed them to betray her but she promised she promised lizzie like 
they won't be there for you when you need them, but I will be. Like, you can find me and I will be there. But they will not support you. They are bad people. And so then Lizzie and Charlotte are having this conversation in their house where she's like, I didn't even realize that they were raping us until I cut my hand off and they weren't there anymore. I didn't realize there was anything wrong until you did this. How old was she when she was indoctrinated into the school? I want to say both of them probably at the beginning were like somewhere around seven or eight. And both of them, to my knowledge, were like at least late teens, early 20s at this point. Um, Oh, yeah. So then Lizzie comes up with a plan and she asks if Charlotte's on board. And Charlotte agrees that she will help Lizzie get back at them. And so then you find that uh, they've been on the same page. Charlotte totally knew that she was safe, at least that Lizzie was going to try and keep her safe. And so they've knocked out the two guys, um, I think poisoned. And then they go upstairs, stab the woman that was participating. And she walks, there's this very dramatic scene where she kind of like stumbles into the room where the guy's at. And the guy's like, Mary, or whatever the fuck her name is, Mary, what's going on? And she like tries to speak, but she can't. And then she falls over and like there's a knife jutting out of her back. Classic. It really, you know, just a good, good, solid horror movie scene. And then the two girls walk out and they're like, what up, motherfucker? And he's like, <laughs> what is happening? And then he tries to get away and the two of them are like, no, we're going to kill you. So the two of them like get into this like rough and tumble fight with him. Uh, they st- start to like try and stab him, but apparently he didn't get any of the poison or whatever. They're going to like beat the shit out of him. But it ensues into this big fight. So he's able to kind of like fend them off. However, there's this really gross bit where he manages to get the knife and then he stabs Charlotte's arm. This is important. It is the not the arm, it's the different arm than the one that Lizzie did. So like if Lizzie's right arm is cut off, Charlotte's left arm is fucked up. This is important because they complete each other now. I need you to know this. <laughs> they both have one functioning arm. <laughs> Now they match, but not really. (laughs) Now they're a set. Super dark, but also like how much bonding would you have if like one of you cut your own arm off at the like behest of some drugs induced by the other person. And then in order to save that one whose arm you got cut off, you get your arm fucked up. I don't think that counts as bonding. That's true love. I think that's Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) True love. That's how you do it. <laughs> but mutilate the other person and hope that they love you enough that, like, you are willing to get mutilated for them in return. Exactly. That's how you know. That's how you know it's real. <laughs> also, um, disclaimer I do not condone this behavior. Please don't do that to people. Just maybe. Shouldn't have to make that clear, but probably not a bad idea. I mean, you know, for legal reasons. I don't know. Don't cut your arm off. Don't cut someone else's arm off. Definitely not. Unless you're like a medical professional and it's absolutely necessary. Please avoid. Cool. So, (laughs) the fight. (laughs) They're rough and tumbling. It's getting really serious. They get the upper hand. We're very close to the end of the film. Um, 
Yeah. So they they win the fight, and you're kind of like, okay, so they killed him. That's weird. And then for the closing scene, do you want to guess what the closing scene might be? Is it them fucking each other with their stump arms? No. (laughs) 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 It's not weirder than what happened, but like, ouch. Like, my legs were already crossed, but they crossed, like, way harder for a second. (laughs) It's really painful. Wait, wait. Do they play the cello together with their matching functioning arms? (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Can only snap with one hand. Um, Yeah. So what happens is they have won against that guy. They didn't kill him. They cut up all of his limbs. He has no remaining limbs. He is fully naked in the room on a chair. And then the two of them are on the stage, in that fancy stage. And it looks like they filmed it so that it looked like a two-headed woman. <laughs> or like conjoined twin. I don't know if it's two people or one people if you have two heads. But I think maybe it depends on the situation. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like they're using one of each hand to play some fancy piece and then the movie cuts out wow (laughs) um there's so much to unpack there yeah so like do you have any thoughts just right off the bat that you want to go over because i feel like i just kept talking (laughs) i know that they said that like she was too in it to recognize what was happening at this school but like why not have her cut off a finger? Maybe two fingers to like really sell that she can't play the cello anymore. Like I would still prefer to have, you know, a thumb and a finger or two than to lose my entire hand. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> also, how did they keep this guy from bleeding out long enough to watch their weird cello performance? <laughs> genuinely no idea i feel like these people must have like way more medical training than anyone let on and i don't know how they got it but like yeah they fully amputated all four of his limbs maybe also his dick it was not entirely clear and like that is such intense blood loss like doing an amputation in not a surgical room is incredible to pull off like was it all the way up to the torso like did they cut his full legs off yeah he was like it was just like a little bit of his femur So, like, they just went straight through the femoral artery. Yes. And, like, uh, any arteries that are located in your bicep area, they they weren't given any, like, there's no bending left. It's just hip flexor and shoulder bending. So he should have been super dead in a few minutes. So dead. Yeah, to be able to stop the femoral artery from fucking, that's ridiculous. (laughs) That just doesn't happen. Apparently it does in this movie also man the coordination to try and like play one hand of a cello piece oh yeah because you know also the other one like the be able to be able to coordinate i mean like two hands on the same person and be Mm -hmm. able to move the bow in such a way that you're actually playing the appropriate notes like i played the cello for about a month and that's fucking hard granted i never got good at it but like yeah then to be able to coordinate with another human get those the timing to be so like well aligned also because you know the pieces that they're playing are those ridiculously like fast intense pieces they're not doing some like 
fucking easy bullshit. They're going for, like, the big guns. Oh, yeah. And I assume that they established this, like, in the movie by showing them play, but, like, it seems like we're assuming that left-handed people don't exist. Yes. Because if you ended up cutting off the wrong arm to make a complimentary set, <laughs> how would you have your dramatic reveal and revenge? It would just throw off the whole plan. No, Charlotte knew exactly which hand to throw up to protect herself. Honestly, what the fuck? How you feeling? I kind of want to watch this movie. Dude, do it. I loved this movie so much. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, it's like bad shit, but I, I loved it. It was so crazy. Also, like all of the flashbacks, obviously you'll know what like the whole plot line is. But I remember the first, I've seen it twice now because I did it once just for my own entertainment. And then I was like, we should talk about this on the podcast. And then I watched it again and took notes. But like, it's so crazy if you watch it and you don't actually know what's going to happen. You're just like, what the, is this going to be one of those movies? And then you're like, oh no, it's one of those movies. And then you're like, wait, what? (laughs) And so the whole time you're like, I don't even know what this type of movie is. Because first you're like, oh, this is like very stereotypical horror bugs are coming out of people and then you're like oh no it's psychological thriller and then you're like oh and then the victim's also a psychological crazy person and then you're like oh it's actually a story about sexual assaults (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot oh wow (laughs) yeah really i don't know i really liked it i think I actually appreciated it more the second time around because the first time you're just so like, what is going on? And then the second time you're like, this is actually like pretty good. Also, I liked, I really appreciated the way they did the filming when the girl was like very high on drugs because I think that a lot of times movies will do scenes where they're like, they have people that are on substances and are just like, hmm. That's uh, it's upsetting. It like makes me feel like I'm on drugs and I don't need to be there with them. But the way they did it with her, obviously because they were also trying to give you the impression that something was like really wrong with her and not that she was on drugs. But it didn't make you... I, I thought it was just filmed in a really good way that wasn't like annoying and like super typical of how they normally do it. So if you get tired of listening to this podcast and feeling like you're on drugs, at the very least this movie does not make you necessarily feel like you are on drugs with this girl oh no yeah like you might feel very confused but like you personally won't have that sensation like if you watch border or the beauty where you're like i think i did drugs this is just like oh this guy definitely did drugs what's his face richard is obviously losing it i mean it sounds like he's got a pretty good mind for horror though yeah i'm really interested in actually seeing if there's anything else that he's done so i would i would recommend maybe not if you're like a squeamish person because there's a lot in there yeah there were some real gross moments (laughs) yeah not in the way that like no one grew dicks that they weren't supposed to and no one (laughs) fucked a mushroom but like the bar is so low (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if you listen to the other episodes and you didn't feel like vomiting, then I think that you can probably handle this movie. But if you were getting a little, like, queasy after the other ones, maybe don't go for this. It's, like, weirder than the weirdness, but not not 
as exceptionally weird as some of the things we've talked about. You know, small mercies. Small mercies. Also, like, you're welcome, guys. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, Taylor, do you have any recommendations for something that people should read or watch that will maybe not leave them disturbed or nauseated? So if you want an alternate recommendation, I recommend the book. Uh, it's called Exhalation by Ted Chang. It is a collection of short stories. They're mostly sci-fi or sci-fi adjacent. Um, they range from things like a time travel portal that can let you, you know, undo past mistakes or a robot nanny who raises a child who then doesn't have any way of interacting with humans because he has been raised by machines his whole life it does get weird in places for sure but it's weird in a way that's meant to make a point or to bring up some sort of issue and not just for shock factor so yeah they're really good stories would recommend reading them it's fun does it have any like black mirror vibes or is it like a calmer version of that it has some, but not not to the extent that Black Mirror... Because Black Mirror is very much like a, here's future technology and here's why people by their nature are going to fuck it up and do terrible things. And it's not quite that extreme. Okay. Like, there are stories about, you know, AI and their sentience and their ability to grow and mature and things like that. So it's a little bit more optimistic i guess than black mirror would be oh i like that exhalation yep cool i'm gonna have to mark that down apparently he also wrote the short story that was the basis for um arrival i've never actually seen the movie but i don't think i have either but i've heard good things worth checking out cool well thanks for sticking it out we hope this has been less horrifying for you than it was for us Consider following us on Twitter at Pod or on Instagram at Podcast. We also love to get recommendations for other strange things you may want us to go over, so feel free to DM your recommendations or email us at shroomlandpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and give a five-star rating. It helps other people who might be into this weird stuff find our podcast. And remember, don't do drugs. Watch movies directed by people that were definitely on drugs. Or for your own sanity, maybe not. Da 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 da, da. Shroomland. Shroomland.